Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe with Ziggy Rodriguez, (laughs) Sam Rodriguez, as well as... Thomas P. Dorian. Thank you, sir. How are you? Tommy, 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 Dorian, Ryan, Ryan. Number 58. Man, you got Deacon Mike all over that, by the way. What is that, Deacon Mike? He he talks to me like that all the time. It's pretty oh, okay. funny. I like Deacon Mike. I love He's Deacon our other Mike. deacon at uh, St. Louis Church. Yeah, good, good man. man. Does the P in Thomas P. Dorian, does it stand for perfected? No. No. <laughs> No, however, his hair. His hair? This is why I'm asking. We no. probably need an update on the canonical process right now for the canonization of his uh, of his hair. I know you're making fun of my hair, but we got to get a photo of Ziggy on the... He's got some somewhere. good hair, too. Got, yeah, but mine's not worthy of veneration. My, I don't know, man. <laughs> my hair's bad. That little Look, flip you got going there. Hey, remember how we like don't like to listen to shows and we always criticize the yeah, shows that are talking about point. nothing at the, the beginning of it, and the they point. like one... Are they ever going to stop talking about going to the Saints. dentist or whatever? Saints. That's what we're going to talk about. Yes. So we're talking... Thanks for the transition. The, yeah. the transition. transition Come on. The transition. The smooth transition into the topic. So after that beautiful segue, way uh, i'm gonna read an email i love getting emails got an email from a guy named joe uh and i don't know where joe's from he didn't tell me where he's from but he gave sent me an email deacon jeff i really want to thank you and in parentheses he says and sam and tom you, got, oh, you guys got the big call wow, we got a plug for the wonderful podcast you host J- i just graduated from college in may i've been listening to your podcast for about two years and i can say that your podcast has been instrumental in my development and maturation in the faith as a young man i think that's our fist bump they're fist bump. We're on the radio they no one could see that but they fist bump knuckle bump i greatly appreciate your work especially your recent episodes in Lourdes, france I was inspired by your episode on prison ministry to join the Order of Malta's Prison Pen Pal program. That's awesome. He actually joined that program based on that. I also enjoy your wife's feature on church history and saints. That being said, I think it would be fun to hear an episode on your favorite saints or saints that are good examples for men. I have a strong devotion to three J's, St. Joseph, St. Jose Maria, and St. John Paul II. I've en- I'd enjoy listening to you, Sam and Tom, discuss how saints inspire your lives. Thank you again for your work. You are a light and positive example of manhood in a time we desperately need it. God bless, Joe. Wow. Yeah, you know, That's except nice. for that last sentence, I think he's way off base on that last sentence. <laughs> positive example of manhood? Joe. No, no, I'm kidding. Joe, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. It is our goal, I think, in life uh, to uh, to help people, you know, based on our own experiences, mm-hmm. kind of see the light. And so I, I think if as long as our light is the light of Christ, I think we're in a good place. Yeah. And that's what we try to do. So I thought it'd be fun to... To answer Joe's email on the air, and basically, let's do a show about our favorite saints. Good idea. You know, I think, uh, and so what we'll do is let's just do like three each, and he gave us three. Okay. Right? He said Joseph and Jose Maria and John Paul II, but that second one, isn't that an H? (laughs) That was bad. That was, no, I'm an idiot. It is J. You're going to get an email on that. No, I won't. Hopefully not. So here's, you know what? Here's the first of my three. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, The first of my three. I think I'm going to say St. Peter. And the reason I say St. Peter is because uh, I, I love him because I, I see him as like an ordinary guy. He's our first pope, mm-hmm. right? Jesus essentially picked this guy mm-hmm. to lead the universal church. 
Well, it's a tall order, mm-hmm. right? And, and and what's so cool about that is ultimately he's he's only human, mm-hmm. right? And we see his humanity. We see that he actually fails miserably a couple of times and some big times like denying Jesus three times. Yeah. I mean, ultimately that would be a heresy, I think, right? And our first pope was a heretic. Yeah. Now, I say that tongue-in-cheek because uh, we all fail and we all fall. And uh, and Jesus was also there to pick him back up and give him three opportunities to alleviate that sin by saying he loved him three times. But I, I just I think that the fact that this ordinary fisherman guy stepped up to lead the universal church. I mean, the things if you look read the Acts of the Apostles and you start reading about all the things that Peter did in there to establish this church on earth, man, that's it's pretty impressive. He's, so he's one of my favorites. Good one. Right? That's a good one. Yeah. Tom, what's one of your favorites? You got to go with Thomas. The apostle, by the way. Don't give me the dumb ox look. <laughs> give me the dumb ox we thought look. you were talking about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, is, can you declare yourself a saint? That's the question I <laughs> no. want to know. I don't think no. so. So why St. Thomas? Because, you, you know, a lot of people know, give him a bad rep because he's a doubter. But you know what? I think he was close to, be, to to all of us. He doubted. You know, he was out and about. The other guys were back in the room hiding. He's out probably getting some food for everybody. He comes back, and then they're all saying, hey, Jesus was here. Where have you been? And he's looking at them like, yeah, right, whatever. Yeah. Can't you see yourself doing that? Yeah. You know what? That's kind of like the same thing I'm thinking about Peter. Exactly. It's like he... he they're, they're he, he's ordinary. Yeah, they're, they're normal, normal guys. Yeah. So and Thomas, I love, I love his attitude. Yeah, you know what? He's got uh, the the four most powerful words I think that a human expresses in scripture when he says, "My Lord, my, Lord my, my God. God." That's fine. Sorry. Yeah. But that's still like powerful stuff. Very powerful. His recognition of Jesus, yep. even though he was a doubter. That's right. He didn't doubt anymore after no, that, he did didn't. he? <laughs> no. He was, yeah, good to go. Absolutely. What about you, Ziggy? Well, for me, the first thing I wanted to talk about was St. Dominic. I was born on the feast of St. Dominic. There you go. There was some time that I spent uh, discerning whether God was calling me to become a Dominican priest. And that wow. was a time where I, I became very close friends with St. Dominic. And uh, there are a lot of things that I really loved about him. One of the things that really caught my eye when I read a, uh, a biography written by Paul Murray, uh, it was really more of a biography about of the Dominican order in mm. the early days, but it covered a lot of stuff about St. Dominic. And it, it, they described him as stupefyingly free. Almost, Stupefyingly free. That was a bishop, uh, of, a contemporary bishop of uh, St. Dominic, or described him as such. And I almost got the sense that he was like Buddy the Elf from the movie Elf. Oh, you know, okay. That he just had this exuberance <laughs> about him, and he was into full-body prayer. He would be up all night and, and praying, and he, he would just throw his entire body, and he would just yell out, scream into the heavens his prayers. And I always just thought there was a, a beauty in that and there's also just a freedom in the way in which he lived his life like when he was in north africa there was uh, the Dominicans already been established at that point. They were a major religious order, and this woman came up to him. Her her um, her brother had just been sold into slavery, mm. and she said, "Will you please go intercede to to, to rescue my brother uh, from from slavery?" And he said, "Yes, I will offer myself in his place." And she was like, no, wait, this is crazy. No, I'm just asking you to talk to him. He said, yes, no, I will offer myself in this place. I'll be a slave now. And that, that, that offer freaked, him, freaked her out so much that she, she walked away. And I love that uh, wow. about him, that he just had that openness to, okay, I'm the head of this religious order, and now I'll go be a slave. You know, and also the humility that he showed. Mm-hmm. He was the one, like, so we have two uh, 
our president served two terms, right? Yeah. Eight years. That's actually arguably traceable back to the example set by St. Dominic. His constitution for the Dominicans it was one of the books, one of the few books that, that Thomas Jefferson had in his library hmm. that we know of. And uh, and it was used as a, as an, as a uh, something that helped... Our, our founding fathers of our nation uh, as an example to look at for a modern standards of democracy. I didn't know that. You learn wow. something every day. Now, I'm still, I, all that stuff you said, I'm really still stuck on the Buddy the Elf thing. To me. <laughs> <laughs> Back to that. You know, and I'm, and I'm seeing him look at Satan and go, you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> and it, you smell of beef and cheese, you know. I'm just thinking... That's St. Dominic. Man, we that can is, drop lines on that all day long, couldn't <laughs> that we? That is awesome. So let's let's go around the horn and and, uh, I, and have another saint uh, that I love, and that is St. Stephen. Mm-hmm. And I love St. Stephen. Of course. Yeah, well, you know, he's one of the first deacons. Yeah, I know. And he's the proto-martyr, the first martyr, really, Christian martyr of the church. That's right. First one to actually die for what he for Jesus Christ. And, and, and that part is just, to me, is absolutely beautiful. And it just calls all of us into... Uh, essentially, it just challenges all of us. What are we willing to die for? What are we What are we willing to be martyred for? Even if it's not, maybe it's white martyrdom. You know, it's it's not bloody. What are we willing to stand up for and say this is this is not right and and it should be this way or or whatever? And and I love that part about him. Uh, but then there's also a little known fact that he speaks the longest. Uh, he preaches the longest in the Bible than anyone else. Yeah, it's the longest homily in the Bible. And so hmm. as I'm up there and I'm preaching too long, I'm thinking, St. Stephen did it. You know? <laughs> so it's okay, right? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. All right. Well, Tom, what's your number two? Speaking of martyrs, I'm going with St. Lawrence. Lawrence, another great deacon. Yeah, so Lawrence was being martyred, and I like him because of his sense of humor. And I know that sounds weird, but yeah. um, as he's being martyred, he was being grilled, by the way. They yeah. put him on a grill. You can see that grill in, uh, at, in, in Rome. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, kind of cool, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you can see it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so he's on the grill, and they're grilling him, and he looks at his torturers and says, okay, I'm done on this side. Flip me over. Yeah, isn't that and nice? So flip him over. <laughs> you have to wonder what they were thinking. Oh, I'm sure they were horrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was that's yeah. something else. But he's a good... He's so I have a, a weird sense of humor. I yeah, and, and you know what? I'm just a part of me thinking that Tom maybe having a call to the diaconate. <laughs> Don't you think? Ooh, maybe. I don't know, man. Ziggy would be a good deacon. All right, we're gonna we're gonna base it on emails. Everyone send me an email oh, no, whether Tom should or should not be a deacon. I think you'd make a great deacon. Oh, thank you. So now let's uh, let's go down uh, let's uh, Ziggy's third, second choice. So the, my second choice actually is Saint Gemma Galgani, uh, an early twentieth century saint. M- my she daughter's died. confirmation saint. You need to spell Gemma. that. Gemma is G-E-M-M-A, and then Galgani is G-A-L-G-A-N-I. Awesome. Galgani. Galgani. Well, and I <laughs> learned about her first. The, the place where she first caught my attention was when I was reading about the, this book. It was the, the, it was the book that inspired the film The Right about exorcists. Yeah. And it was a, there was a journalist, I think his name is Matt Baglio, who wrote the book The Right, where he was following priests around who were going to Rome to get trained as an exorcist. Uh-huh. And there was uh, an exorcist who, who, who shared that uh, something that would happen consistently during the exorcism is people who didn't know each other who were possessed, independent cases, would shout, the jinx, or the woman in black, the jinx. And he would interrogate the person being, exorci- uh, being exorcised and, or the demon. And they would identify the jinx or the woman in black as St. Gemma Galgani. Wow. And so he started seeing that she had a ministry in heaven assisting 
exorcists. And that is consistent with the life that she led because she actually was attacked by the devil physically. And and he, the devil would come to her in three main forms. One, and she saw this as a, as, a, as an attack on the Trinity, uh, where the, uh, the a little hairy, a black hairy uh, creature, which she saw as an, who would beat her up uh, physically. She saw that as an Ooh. attack on the father. A, that sounds scary. A, a, it does. A, a, a guy who would come to him, I think, kind of uh, with temptations of the flesh, and she saw that as an attack on. Christ in his incarnation, and then this panther, which she saw as an, an attack on the Holy Spirit. And this is sort of this unholy trinity. Well, she had been telling her spiritual director about this all of her life, and what ended up happening was he visited her on her deathbed. She died very young. She had lots of sicknesses all of her, her life, and when he came to her deathbed, he saw the, that, that panther sitting at the foot of her bed, staring her down, and he saw it with his own eyes and he was terrified and she could tell and she turned to him and said don't worry he's not here for you he's here for me mm. oh wow <laughs> that's, that stuff that's is that's uh, cool man yeah. yeah he you know tom we have Golly. to admit he's, he's got cool saints he's <laughs> topping us man yeah, he's got cool saints okay he's not allowed to speak anymore no 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 we're gonna have to get one more out of him we're gonna do that's that when we fair. come back we're gonna take a break before we take that break i to remind folks at home we got a great website thecatholiccafe.com you can go and hear all of the shows that we've done uh, because uh, Sam is our media, social media captain. Oh, and also go on our Facebook page. Like us on Facebook. That's right. Twi- and you'd follow us and on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. So we'd love to have your uh, mm-hmm. your thoughts about these shows. But anyway, uh, we'd love to uh, invite you to do that. But also, I'd love to send you an email just like Joe did. Joe sent me an email uh, just because I, he was bored or he was inspired. We're going to go with inspired. Absolutely. And uh, so thanks, Joe. And uh, and we're going to continue on the other side of this. Yeah, Joseph. On the other side of this break. We'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winfrith's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the god of St. Boniface, the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true god. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. 
Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light, when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm here with Sam and Tom, and we are talking about saints. We're answering Joe's email. Thank you, Joe, again for your email. Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com is the email address. Also, we've got Facebook and Twitter. You can uh, you can go and hang out. Uh, and so we were, you know, during the break we were talking, and Sam was. Now this is not one of our favorite saints, but he was telling us the coolest saint name ever of a Roman saint. Who is it? Saint Dominator. Ah, oh, see, that's <laughs> like that has got to be everybody's patron saint from now on. Absolutely. I mean, who would not want that? That'd be a great pope name. Yeah, yeah, Pope Dominator. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but no, if I was pope, I'd be Pope Hilarius the <laughs> second. Because there is a hilarious the first. There, is there really hilarious. is. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> all, I, all I know is if they make a film called Pope Dominator, it needs to be starring Sylvester Stallone. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. But I don't think you can use uh, uh, steroids and stuff if you're a pope. I think you get disqualified. I don't remember the canon law yeah. there. But let's skip that. Let's talk about what we're talking about. We're spinning out of control. Saints, I know. We're talking about our you're up. our you're favorite up. It's your saints. Turn. Right. So uh, I have. Um, and now this one's kind of like a gimme. I mean, everybody. You know, we don't. I don't know. We're looking for heroes this day and age. St. Joseph, for me, is is that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some things I love about him. One is he never says a word in Scripture. Now, that may as a challenge for me not to say a word. Mm-hmm. I talk too much. I know it. But the reality is he's a strong, silent type. He is the ultimate, like, you know, guy, mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. And he also is somebody who uh, stayed with Mary when, arguably, he was ready to leave. Right, I know he's a just man and a righteous man, and he was going to divorce her quietly. And but the point is, he he stayed. And nowadays, we're looking at the, the maybe the young men that the kind of love him and leave him types. You know, I know that's not fair to compare Joseph to them. He's not, but he did the right thing in the right way by staying with her, even though that wasn't his child. Mm-hmm. A very noble thing to do, especially in that day and age when she would be susceptible to stoning. Mm-hmm. Right to uh, to having a baby out of wedlock like that. You know, and he was pro-life. I mean, ultimately, That's you true. think about that. He, he was pro-life. I mean, to be there for Jesus, yeah. right, in the womb. And mm-hmm. to me, that's a, that, that attitude is something that's that's uh, sadly lacking, you know, mm-hmm. because we would tell people to, you know, the get culture. Or, yeah, not to have that, get rid of that child, you know, not mm-hmm. to have that child as a, a burden. And then one of the things I love most about him, I think, is, and especially for me, and, and it, you know, Joseph was married to arguably the most beautiful woman in the world. Mm. And he would never realize in a physical way that beauty. He would never 
he would never have relations with her. Right. And so you, you think about what it would take for a man to the strength that it would take. Mm-hmm. It would take a saint. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and so when guys have problems with lust or, or, or just the, the weakness that, that comes as we're drawn into things, those kind of sinful thoughts, the reality is Joseph is the go-to guy. I mean, he's arguably, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. That's right. And wasn't ever going to lay a hand on her in that way. And, and how beautiful that is and what a great testimony. So he's one of my, he's a, he's one of my favorites, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Tom, where are you Good on? Where's your number three? Number three, I got to go with St. John Baptist de La Salle. Oh, yeah, Christian so I'm a, Brothers. So I'm a product of the of Christian Brothers High School, which and is And you're still Salian. successful after. And, I, and I'm yeah. so good. Can That's you imagine? So good. <laughs> yeah, they just passed me. I don't know what they were thinking. He was a great, he was a saintly guy, you know. He passed it on. No, That's but awesome. uh, he founded the Christian Brothers schools. They're worldwide. Uh, the, the, the idea behind uh, what the founding was that no child, no boy would go without an education, whether they could afford it or not. So it was a way to serve the poor, get them out of where they were, and make them successful and um christian brothers is even in china they're all over the world isn't that amazing i love it we got to pray for the brothers that they have vocations that they have continued that that educational because they've had such a profound effect i think on education massive right i mean you can always tell a brother's boy because when they in their prayers saint john baptist de la salle pray for us live jesus in our hearts forever that's right so it's always it's always good to see that you know that formation and so that's a what a great what a great saint to be sort Thank of like you. one of your Thank you. one of your biggins. Yeah. All right, let's t- let's turn over here to Ziggy and see what he's got for us. Bring us home, Ziggy. <laughs> <Sam>. What's your <laughs> Sam? So the the saint that was put on my heart was uh, Saint Maria Goretti. Oh wow! And she she also is an early twentieth century saint. She died around the same time that uh, Saint uh, Gemma Galgani died. I think one of them died in nineteen o three, and the other one died in nineteen o two, if I remember correctly. And she was a, a beautiful. Uh, a beautiful girl and uh, very pious and devout and wanted one day to uh, become a nun. That was her plan. And uh, there was a neighbor, a guy named Alessandro Serenelli, who became taken by uh, her physical beauty. And she would always be outside working in her uh, mother's garden. And so he would stalk her and watch her and became obsessed with her. And then one day he uh, attacked her. Mm -hmm. And uh, he... But didn't just—I mean—he didn't just attack her physically. He raped her. He uh, and during the course of that rape, she, what she said was, "Don't do this. This is a sin. This is a sin. You'll go to hell for this. Don't do this. This is a sin." So there she was, worrying for him. War- yes, facing the most—I can't even imagine what mm. she was dealing with. And while while this was happening, is also why she's—he's stabbing her. You know, this is a, this times. is amazingly. Christ-like as well, you know, yes. as he's on the cross, having been stabbed with the nails. Yes, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I mean, just yes. already mm-hmm. thinking about the others and what he was doing, and so here she is taking that mantle of of of, of mercy upon herself. That's so beautiful to yes. see that. Yeah, like in Isaiah, in its prediction of uh, of Christ's passion, says he opened not his mouth. You know, yeah. Christ never said during the during the scourging of the pillar, "Wait, wait, I'm a holy man." You right. know, he didn't speak up for himself. And and in this case, for uh, her, you know, she would have had every right to speak up for herself. Right. You know, don't do this to me. I mean, we as a church affirm that. You know, you have a right, right to self-defense. But instead, her concern, and this is only possible by grace, in that moment, it was a heroic witness of concern for his soul. And she, she eventually died. Uh, she 
and she said to witnesses uh, before she died, forgive him, I forgive him, please forgive him as well and pray for him. And after she died, uh, he had a vision of her coming to her, uh, coming to him in, in, in jail. And uh, it was a heavenly vision where she presented 14 lilies, one for each stab wound. Mm. And they, she said that these are 14 lilies from my garden in heaven. And so you gave me those stab wounds, and I'm going to return them with a gift of these flowers from my garden in heaven. And uh, he woke up, and that converted his heart. And uh, he confessed, and he served a, uh, a prison term. And uh, after that, he you know wanted to devote his life to God and to prayer. And uh, I think that he was taken in by a monastery that allowed him to, to live there and pray there, live out a life of penance there. And he was present at her canonization uh, ceremony side by side with her parents, and uh, which is Isn't just something incredible. <laughs> I, that's just like it that's how you know that there is grace involved in all this. And, well, and the thing also that is just tough uh, to say out loud, but it's important. She was only eleven years old. Yeah. So as an eleven year old, and you know, and mm. this is, and this is really uh, a saint that is so um, incredibly important to us. In this day and age, oh my gosh! Yes. You know, in the in the crises that we're experiencing, uh, just around the world, but certainly in the church, and when you're when you're hearing things about our our vulnerable young people uh, being offended in many different ways, even by those who are supposed to be uh, tr- trusted uh, sources of m- grace and mercy, right? Yes. And so we see a next door neighbor. Uh, mm. and, and, and doing this to an 11 year old girl mm. and then the great grace that she is granted and and the great mercy that she offers even in that that vile attack um, but it's so relevant for us to realize that this is a this is a saint that we should all remember mm. we should remember when we when we have feelings of lust or when we are experiencing uh, maybe even uh, become the object of uh, objectification in some way or or, or, or shape. And, and I think that, like, her, she's very re- a re- very relevant saint. Oh, yes. Or if we know someone who's a victim of abuse, to recommend them to look, consider oh, devotion to her. Yeah, and there's, un- sadly, there are so many today. Oh, yes. Right? So all of these saints are extremely relevant. All of these saints are people we need to look to, uh, to, to fashion our lives after. Mo- they're models for us, right? Mm-hmm. And then also go-to helpers. That's right. Right? And so, uh, and listen, you know, we're going to end the show um, none of us picked Mary, but because I think Mary is is already at the top of all of our lists. Oh yeah, oh yeah? yes, <laughs> right. So 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 really, Mary is the saint. Yes, and that's why we're going to invoke her name now. Perfect. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.